I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Does it seem like your partner isn't listening to you? Do you feel like you say the same thing over and over to them and nothing is registering? Well, there's one main reason why your partner isn't listening. I'm going to explain what that is, how to recognize the signs, and then, of course, what the frick to do about it. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Hello. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and if you don't know, you are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. Hopefully you do know that. You haven't, you're not sitting there drunk listening or something and just this just clicked on and you didn't know. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. I, wow, got so much feedback about last week's, which was um, my partner is driving me crazy on quarantine. (laughs) And uh, so many of you wrote in and I've heard from you. Um, And so I really wanted to say something quick about that before we move into today. Because one of the things that comes up over and over, it seems, is that... uh, one of the issues with really dealing with your partner on quarantine, if you haven't listened to that one, you should go back. Um, but this is going to apply to you anyway, is that there's a, what I've noticed is the big issue is, is that people have not forgiven their partners. And I know that might sound like a lot, but because people are like, well, I don't have to forgive them. You know, they haven't necessarily cheated or anything really horrible, but Actually, you do, because forgiveness is one of those things, believe it or not, that 
applies to even small things. You know, the fact that your partner said they were going to walk the dog and didn't. The part, the fact that your partner was nagging you and you feel like you're not accepted, that they're that they are on you all the time. We build up these. Res- if you have any resentments, let's put it that way. If you have one resentment, even one right now, <laughs> then you need to work on forgiving. You need to work on forgiveness. And so I really wanted to throw out there that I I do have a forgiveness masterclass on the website. It's it's short. It's meant to be that way. So it's like a mini masterclass on forgiveness. There's, uh, you know, worksheets to work through things, but nothing too overwhelming, but enough to really get you to that place, you know, to a good place. And so I wanted to tell you about that. And I really want you to check it out. Um, It's on the website, and I'm going to link to it here in the show notes. But if you go to abbymetcalf.com forward slash shop, you'll see the forgiveness masterclass. And uh, I have lowered the price right now of that masterclass uh, to So you do not have to even put in a special code or anything. I've just lowered it right now for everybody. So if you know somebody, you don't have to even be a listener right this moment, although I will have specials in the future because you're the ones listening, so you get little special codes. But in the meantime, I've just sort of, I've just lowered it. I feel like this is a time when forgiveness would be a really good thing for everyone to get. So this is normally a $97 program and it's now $47. So I really hope that you get over there, get it. It's going to be really worth your time. I'm always proud of what I put out. And this is just one of those things that's so good to work on if you're looking to move past resentment and that frustration and those kinds of feelings. So there you go. I just really wanted to put that out there uh, and help us all get to the next place, right? That's what we're trying to do. That's why you've been listening and and hopefully taking action on the stuff I have out there. So let's jump in um, with my partner won't listen to me and, you know, all the things I promised before we got started here. I've talked a lot about competition and how keeping score in your relationship, you know, sets you up to lose. It keeps you from listening. It stops connection. Again, I'll I'll link to that in the show notes, uh, you know, one of the previous podcasts and blog posts I've done. Well, but there's something related to keeping score that's also important to understand if you're looking for, you know, that deep connection for understanding with your partner or really anyone else. And I want to be really clear that the tools I give work with everybody, not just your partner. And a lot of you have written in and said that, which is really nice. So I'm glad you know. But so really what's at the the other thing that's sort of competition adjacent or the thing that comes out of all this competition is that there's a power struggle that's taking place between you and your partner. And it's undermining everything from your communication to your sex life, this power struggle that's taking place. And believe it or not, it's really why your partner's not listening to you. It's because of this underlying struggle. Uh, because the two of you are sort of locked into something. And most of this... and. Uh, usually all of it, is unconscious because it causes, it's a mental shutdown, really. It, it's an, a dismissal of whatever you're saying because it challenges the power dynamic. That's what happens. So you, your partner's doing what they're doing because they're trying to establish control. So even if they're not doing something, it's establishing control. Uh, I give the example a lot, you know, I'm sure you've had this where you're Uh, driving your car and uh, some, it's usually a youth, (laughs) walks very slowly in front of your car. You know, maybe they're at a 
crosswalk, or maybe they're just walking, you know, there's not even a crosswalk there, and they just start walking across the street, sort of challenging you, and they're walking as if they've lost the will to live. I, I know you've, if you've ever driven, you've, you've encountered this person. And I, you know, yeah, you can get frustrated and angry. I generally really see it for what it is. And actually, these days, I think I always see it for what it is. This is somebody who is feeling that they don't have control in some areas, important areas of their life. And here they are taking control. They are walking very slow in front of traffic. You cannot move your car because you're really not going to hit them, and they know that. And there, it's kind of a, it's not necessarily a big F you, but it's a little bit of one. And they're really just looking to take control. When people are late, they're looking to take control. When they're, you know, again, when you've asked your partner to do something, they say they're going to do it and then they don't. Uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, passive aggressiveness on a future, on a really, a podcast really soon, actually. But um, I'm not going to get too into that now. But there, it's this way of taking control. And it's unconscious. The, the kid who's walking in front of my car isn't consciously thinking, I feel really powerless in so many areas of my life. And so I'm going to, you know, make this woman wait in her car. But he has total control in that moment. I have to wait. I, you know, it's all on him and when he or she is going to finish crossing the street. So that's what's happening often in your relationship. And you are locked into something. And really, power struggles happen when when both people in a couple are looking for control. And therein lies the key, my friends. <laughs> if anyone's looking for control, it means they don't feel like they have any. Otherwise, why are you looking for it? You already have it. So it means somehow your partner feels powerless somewhere in the relationship or in their life, or you do if you're the one doing it. So they're focusing on a particular area in order to feel safe and in control. Because that's why do we need control? So it makes us feel safe. We feel okay in the world. We feel like, again, with all the things, all the things that go on, we're, we sort of establish our dominance a little bit. We go, okay, I'm all right. I got this. So when you have someone who doesn't feel secure and safe in their world, you end up with undermining behaviors, negative stuff, unhealthy coping skills, as they try to reassert that feeling of power and dominance. And ultimately, I want to be really clear, it's a fear-based behavior, right? You're, you're afraid. That's why you're doing it. And as I've said before, you can't have a love relationship based on fear. You just can't have it. And when I say love relationship, again, I'm not just speaking about your partner, your romantic partner. I'm talking about any relationship based on a love-based emotion, meaning compassion, understanding, collaboration, thoughtfulness, kindness, all the goods, all the good things, right? Right. So at work, this would be true. You don't want to be in direct competition with your boss or someone or your coworker. You you know you want things where they feel collaborative, where people are listening, where there's understanding, where there's patience, where there's kindness. All of that is, is all part of this. And so again, this is such an important skill for everywhere you are when you feel any of this stuff coming at you. And you know, it's interesting, if you key in, you can know that you feel the power struggle. Uh, it's there, you sort of, or you know something's going on, you just ne haven't necessarily named it. Uh, there's a great quote from former uh, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher that I've always loved. And she said, being powerful is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. I love that. Loved, always have loved this. So when someone in your life is acting controlling or aggressive or demanding, again, or that can look like, I'm going to really 
I'm going to break down how it can look because it can also look like passivity, you know, non-responsiveness, shrugging of the shoulders. That's total control, isn't it, in that moment? Because it's got you upset. Uh, Whenever anyone is doing that, they are screaming that they feel powerless and out of control in their world. The more domineering they behave, the more they're letting you know also. The more checked out they behave, the more they're letting you know also. And I'm not saying that there can't be other things at play, like maybe uh, underlying clinical depression or anxiety or other things for sure. But again, those lead those lead us to feel like we're not in control. We can't even control our mood. It feels crazy making and scary. So now, <laughs> now right now you might be saying, well, I'm not the one trying to control my partner. They're the one with a control issue. The power struggle is all about them. Um, and, you know, in my loving Jewish mother way, I have to tell you, it takes two to tango and two to have a struggle. It's both of you. If you're pushing back against their domineering behavior or their checked out behavior, or you're, you know, frustrated if you're upset about it, then you're in the struggle too. And so either way, you know, you got to be listening, right? Now, I do want to say, by the way, there are plenty of things you can do if your partner is controlling. I did a whole podcast on that. I'll link to it in the show notes. I, you know, I'm not going to go down. I I don't like to, uh, you know, just repeat things with a different title. I'm not going to do that. So, uh, so that's not our focus today. But if you want to learn about that, you can come over to the show notes, abbymedkef.com forward slash show notes. This is my episode 96. And uh, you can link to that or just do a search on my website. But that's not our focus. So what's underneath the surface of any controlling behavior is, again, this power struggle. And you want to be able to identify it and address it. Because when you're in any kind of power struggle, all the best communication tools in the world won't work because no one is really listening. You need to get out of the struggle first. And I've said this around uh, my around competition. Again, this is competition adjacent, that uh, any of that stuff, and that's why so many of the people I meet with, they've been to therapists before, they've been to couples counseling, they've or they've been to workshops, they've learned the tools, and then it doesn't nothing happens on the other side. And it's because this struggle and this competition is still happening. And you got to get after that first for the other things to work. So, okay. So let's go a little deeper into what to really look for to know you're in a power struggle. And then I'll tell you what to do about it. Okay. Now there's two main areas to identify to know you're in a power struggle. One of them is resistance. That's like symptom number one that you're in a power struggle. And uh, each of these two areas has little subparts. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Um, and power in the symptom number two is something I call bread, but it's a little acronym, but I'll get to that in a minute. So let's talk about this. So power struggle symptom number one is resistance when there's resistance. And resistance uh, is a big one that's often mis or misunderstood. It's really interesting. So how do you know if your partner is being resistant? There are really four general categories of sort of resistant behavior, and they all have clear signs once you know what to look for. So, and some of them are obvious and some of them aren't. So arguing, that seems sort of obvious to most people. That's usually the first thing they think about. Someone's being resistant when they're arguing with you, when they're openly challenging you. 
when they're hostile in some way, when uh, when they're uh, really defensive, you know, that kind of stuff. And also when they're discounting or minimizing what you're saying. So uh, when they're discounting it, you know, they're sort of, but it's actually more than minimizing. That's really in another category now that I say it. But the discounting, the, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. I don't know where you got that information from. Uh, the arguing is is the is obviously pretty vocal, pretty out there. And again, there's often this real hostility that you can feel uh, where you're feeling even if the challenge, you know, when they're challenging you, the words aren't are are nice, quote unquote, but you feel this hostility coming from the person. Once again, it's always so important to be self-aware and mindful because that is the key to knowing like, oh, and I'm sure you've had this. You've often walked away from something and bit and once you start maybe talking to a friend about it or something else, they'll, you know, you maybe you had some uh, disagreement with someone at work and maybe you're talking to your best friend later about it and they say, uh, wow, they sounded like they're pretty hostile with you. And you didn't even notice it until that minute. You're like, oh yeah, they were. And you know that kind of thing is not, it's better to notice in the moment. It's much more helpful in those moments because you can stop the conversation. It's not going anywhere if they're being so hostile. And or even better, you can call them on it. Um, and that, that can really help shift what's happening. So arguing is one way that you know that resistance is happening. Again, kind of challenging behavior, discounting, hostility. The second way you know that your partner or someone else is being resistant, and again, you're in that power struggle, is interrupting. So if they're talking over you, if they're cutting you off, if they're jumping into the conversation, maybe in a defensive way, uh, but any of that interrupting sort of, they're not listening, right, obviously, and they're Again, it's a power struggle, though. They're looking for dominance in the conversation, in what's going on. They somehow themselves either don't feel heard or that you don't understand, and they're feeling this need to interrupt. The third form of resistance is denying in some way. So blaming. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Disagreeing, excusing—that this is really where the minimizing would come. I would say now that I think about it, uh, 
reluctance, this unwillingness to change, pessimism, that kind of negativity, this just sort of denying of what's happening um, and really getting into that. And again, disagreeing can be arguing if it's at a more hostile level, but it could even just be with, oh, no, I don't know. You know, I've tried this stuff before and it just never works for me. It's different from me. Um, Denying is often in what I call the unicorn stance where folks will think um, it's just, you know, I get that that stuff works for other people, but it doesn't work for me. Um, And I will tell you that most of the things will work for you, but sometimes it means it's over time, that it might take a little longer for it to work for you, and maybe you gave up too soon, or that, uh, and obviously some things won't work for you. You know, some things are just so far off from wherever you are. But if, if you're always thinking nothing works, then that's not that doesn't work because <laughs> so, you can't, no one's that big of a unicorn. So uh, there's there's got to be something that you can kind of take responsibility for in that, you know. So, but if your partner or whoever you're talking to is sort of blaming you, they're dis- they're excusing, they're minimizing, they're off all this negative unwillingness, you know, and reluctance, then uh, they're in resistance. They're they're in a power struggle with you. They are saying you're not going to win. Uh, it's it's the equivalent of when you see when you're walking your dog and they just like sit down in the road. <laughs> you know when they do that, and you're like, hey, and you're like trying to drag them or something, or you you find yourself stopped. That's sort of the denying. They're, your dog is denying that you're walking, and <laughs> yet you are. So you got to keep going. And then the fourth. Uh, sign of resistance is uh, what we call ignorance. So that inattention, the non-answer, the non-response, sidetracking, you know, you're you're arguing about ketchup and suddenly they bring up gorillas and you're like, what happened? What, where, where'd we go here? Um, hopefully you're not arguing about ketchup, but you know what I mean. So, uh, but any of that, the shoulder shrug would go in there, just that, I don't know, you know, that, and again, the non-answer, the not looking up, so if you see any of those behaviors, the conversation is going nowhere fast. Your so your partner or like I said or your kid or your boss, whoever you're speaking with is telling you that they're feeling powerless and unsafe in some way. It doesn't mean it's your fault. I'm just saying how this is what's really happening unconsciously. They're unconsciously telling you this. So the first thing to do is notice that it's happening. There's that pesky self-awareness again that I keep talking about. Again, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, The second thing to do, though, is something else, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, what actions do you take? But the first thing you have to do is notice that it's happening. And then you can make some sort of change with it. Okay. So that's power struggle symptom number one, these forms of resistance that your person you're speaking to is resisting you. And the second thing to look for is uh, a little, something I call these bread, B-R-E-D, not B-R-E-A-D, but bread. (laughs) And it's a power struggle shows up when you're seeing any of these four behaviors, the B-R-E or D, I'm about to to tell you about. And I remember... I remember things easier when I have little acronyms and things, as you guys know, you know, you know this if you've been listening to me. So, um, but if your partner or whoever you're speaking with is showing any of these behaviors, it's time to stop the conversation and reboot. It means you're actively in a power struggle and you're not going to communicate or connect. But I see people trying to push through this stuff and it doesn't work. You have to 
sort of reframe. You have to kind of stop and and get yourself together and try another tact or another strategy because this is just going straight into I don't know what. I compare it a lot to this kind of stuff uh, to if you ever have talked to someone who's drunk and you're not. there's no talking to them really. You're trying to make sense with them, to rationalize, to, you know, be, to have a conversation that's real. And they can't, it's not, they just can't, they're stuck. Their brain's not working in that way. Well, this is the same kind of thing. Uh, and so really treat them like they're drunk. If, if you see any of these things and just back out of the conversation and come at it another way or another time. Okay. So bread, B-R-E-D, and you've heard me, I've talked about these a little bit before in different ways, um, but the first one is blame. So if the other person, your partner, whoever, is blaming you or anything or anyone else for their lot in life or what's happening to them or around them, then you're not going to get anywhere. If they act like you know the victim and they adopt that hopeless or helpless attitude, as they blame something external for their life, then you're only going to get into a power struggle with them as you try to convince them that they're wrong. That's what happens. Oh, no, but you could do this or you could do that. You know, we get into that sort of argument. You know you've been there. Um, And if they're blaming you or acting like a victim, like you did something to them, then we're in some trouble here. And I'm not saying you didn't do anything that wasn't okay or bad or whatever the words are. I'm saying that being in that kind of conversation where it's all about what you did and how you're horrible and whatever, it's probably not going to get far. And so uh, you you know might need a real apology in there somewhere. Um, how to apologize for real was another podcast I did, but you know you might need to have a, a real apology in there or something. I don't know, but you really have to um, think about that. So, but don't sit there in the blame in the doghouse or if they're doing it outside, you know, it's, it's Barb at work or it's, you know, my mother or it's whatever. If it's just getting into that or the, the society, I love that. Those are even bigger. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, there's nothing to do when it's society. It's really hard. And I'm not saying, saying society doesn't do crappy things. I'm saying when we're just in that blame, there's no taking, um, there's, can't really be any movement in that. So we, and we want to have movement of some kind. So again, don't get stuck in that because that's just a power struggle. The R of bread, so that's blame. The R is reading minds. I talk about this a lot. If the, if whoever you're talking to expects you to read their mind, you're in trouble. Uh, And the way I hear that the most are things like, well, uh, he should know what I want for my birthday. You know, we've been, you know, married all these years. He should know. Or um, she knew what I meant. I know she did. She knew what I meant. <laughs> um, you know, no one can read your mind. You got to get over that. And you have to get out of the fact when people think they can read your mind. So if your partner thinks they can read your mind, you're in trouble. Um, I knew what you were going to say, so I didn't say it. So I didn't, or I didn't do it. I knew what you, I knew you were going to say no, so I didn't even ask. Uh, that kind of stuff is, again, that they're saying that they can read your mind or you're saying you could read theirs. And you're, again, stuck in a power struggle. I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with someone saying, uh, you, I know what you meant and, and you didn't? It's a power struggle. They are, they are just openly, it's really kind of hostile. It's getting back to our previous thing, saying that, you know, they know you better than you or whatever, or, you know, you're, 
you're, you're lying. They're really telling you you're lying if you if you're saying it's not that. So it's pretty frustrating, and it put it locks. You know, you get into loggerheads. You know, you're you're locked into this struggle and this argument that's not going anywhere. The E is expectations, and here's the truth. Here's the truth. No one owes you anything. Not your partner, not your parents, not your friends, not your kids. Thinking that there's something that should come your way is an issue. And this, I see this quite a bit. And it's, you know, kind of linked to entitlement. But we have these high expectations. You know, I talk about having high standards but low expectations. And instead, most people have high expectations and low standards, which is always an issue. So if your partner thinks anything should come their way, that's an issue. Feeling you're owed... Uh, sets the other person up for failure because you're focusing on what they should do instead of what they are doing. And in the end, you know, it focuses on them instead of you and you end up with no power while you wait for other people to take an action or to do something. It's this expectation, this entitlement. And I see it a lot in couples and it really gets set up with keeping score because, you know, there's this expectation, well, I did this, so you have to do that. You know, I, I have this thing, you have to do that thing. That's what's fair. You have to pull your weight, blah, blah, blah. There's this uh, way that the competition is fierce and fast. And again, this power struggle is inevitable. So getting out of that, I'm owed something because of what I do. And instead just doing that from a loving, generous, warm place is really where I want you. All right. And the D, so we have blame, reading minds, expectations, and D is defensiveness. So if the other person is acting defensively to what you're saying, they're not listening. <laughs> and so I talked about defense, uh, defensive a little bit before um, when I talked about resistance, but defensiveness is huge and you've really got to be in your moments to notice it, but it's really the, it's a big red flag that you should see better. And a lot of people see the defensiveness. They know it on some unconscious level. They, they're feeling it. Or they're sometimes even saying, you're being really defensive. But then they don't do anything. They just keep arguing. It's nuts. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, again, it's like they're drunk. You, you, they just can't do what you're asking of them. They can't be rational. And there's no communication that's going to happen. It's time to step away, likely far away. And reassess because the power struggle is alive and well if you see defensiveness. Okay. So what do you do if you want to stop the power struggle? I've got five quick tips uh, before we end that I'm going to throw at you. Five five quick things to do to get unstuck and get happy because that's what we're trying to do. Get content. Feel, let that resentment go. uh, Feel in a different place. So uh, five quick tips. Ready? Here we go. We're going to get right to it. The first is to take responsibility. Nobody likes this one. I know. Don't shut off. No, no, don't turn me off. (laughs) Keep the volume up. Don't start talking to your partner now or avoiding me. If you do nothing else, do this. It all starts with you. You've got to take responsibility for your life, for your relationship, for everything that's happening. No more excuses. No more saying you can't. No more looking to other people to solve your problems in any way. No more blame. You know, again, all the things I just, things I've been talking about, you can't do them either. They, it's not, your partner won't listen to me. You know, my partner won't listen to me. Well, yeah, you're not listening to them. (laughs) So you've got to take responsibility first in the conversation. 
Okay, got to take responsibility first. The second part is to take some kind of action, no matter how small. The second thing you can do is some kind of action. Take a step back from whatever's happening, from this relationship, and think of one thing you could do about what's going on, no matter how small. Taking some action will move you from a hopeless feeling, from blame, to self-empowerment and hope. And that's what you want here. You want some hope. And action is the thing that gets there. And again, when you take responsibility and you take action, you stop focusing on your partner to be the one to do those things. You know, it stops being about them and starts being about you. And what do I say over and over? The one in the most pain needs to change first. And if you're the one shouting my partner won't listen to me, you're in the more you're in the most pain. So you, for you to start taking some action is really where it's at. And you might think it's unfair. You might think a lot of things about what I'm saying, but I'm telling you it works. What I'm saying works. It's, it's a proven method I've had over decades now, and this is what works. So the third thing is to ask questions, which again, I've talked about a lot on different podcasts, but I'm, the, 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 the time-tested evidence is in the proof I have to repeat because even though I say it, folks aren't necessarily doing it. And don't I wish I could control you? Don't I wish I could just come in your house and control everything you say? Um, But I know I can't. So you got to ask questions. And remember, they have to be open-ended questions. So uh, it's really important, you know, to create openness, create dialogue, um, It you know, be solution-focused, so be curious instead of focusing on being right, right? Do you want to be correct or effective? You want to be effective. And open, open in, open-ended questions are things where the other person can't answer with yes, no, good, or fine, or I don't know, or a shoulder shrug. There are questions like, you know, hey, what have you tried before? Or what's one thing I could do right now to help make this better? What else would be helpful that you could do? How can I support you in this? Uh, all these types of questions create an opportunity for connection, for dialogue, for you know moving forward. And by the way, if you get a shoulder shrug, if you get resistance from the question, which you might, you might say to them, well, how can I support you? And they'll, I don't know, nothing. You know, they might give you that. And that's when you come back with, if I had a gun to your head and you had to come up with one thing I could do to support you, what would it be? And you might think you want to put a gun to their head at that point, you know, because you're feeling so frustrated. But you have to just, I hear a lot, people give up very easily, I've noticed. And I don't want you to give up easily. I want you with this kind of stuff, with questions. I'll say, well, I asked, I asked and they didn't give me anything. Oh, so I'm done. I'm absolved. It's like, no, ask again, ask something different, go deeper, probe a little more. Uh, You even, when someone gives you that response, you could even say to them, how do you think I feel right now? When I try to have a conversation with you and you give me a shoulder shrug. And they might do it again. Oh, I don't know. Well, if you had to take a guess at how I'm feeling, I need you to say something. Give me a feeling. How do you think I'm feeling right now? And they might go, well, you seem mad. Yeah. So what could we do right now, you and I, so that neither of us feels angry or frustrated? And I do notice that it's always a thing that people have to answer in some way always is how are you feeling right now? So how are you feeling right now as we're having this conversation? And again, they might say, oh, I don't know. And you, and you ask again, well, 
you know, if I was going to give you a million bucks to give me one feeling, what would it be? What is one feeling? You got to give me something here. Throw me a bone, Wilma. Give me something. And just speak in that way and try to be as loving as you can, as patient and kind as you can. But that that's where you want to be. Don't give up on these questions. They really do work. They really, really do. I use them all the time with you guys, with my family, and they work. It, it's It's incredible. And Again, I had the same thing you're having. I had a lot of resistance in the beginning. I didn't want to have to do all the work. It felt unfair, all that stuff. Or I would try and I'd get nothing. You know, the person, remember, you're in a power struggle. So when you just ask a question, the person is still in that struggle often and is going to resist. Remember, resistance. So they'll do one of those things and you just want to uh, gently you know, sort of ask again so that you can shift through the resistance. That's what you're doing. You're shifting through it. Uh, tip number four, make people feel loved, not comfortable. I've talked about this before too. It, your job isn't to make anyone comfortable. It's not. But it is your job to make sure that you interact from a loving place. So I want you to set an intention when you have these conversations of compassion. Patience is always mine. <laughs> Ki- kindness, love. How about some love? When you're interacting with your partner or whoever else, If you see any of the power struggle symptoms, come back with love, not fear. Come back with the patience. Come back with a question. Come back with connection. Have that intent to connect. Have that intention of curiosity. Wow, why are they having such a hard time? I, you know, what's going on that they feel so sad or hopeless or helpless? I want to know. I love this person. I want to help them. So what do I need to ask to, to help with there? Now, and that definitely brings us to number five, so let me be really clear, is don't try to fix them. You, it is not your job to fix your partner or anyone else. Step back from trying to fix them. Uh, this just perpetuates the power struggle. You know that. If you feel controlled, someone's giving you all these suggestions, they're telling you what to do, that does not help. You just, you, you dig in your heels more. You pull back more. So, uh, and I'm going to come back to my tried and true, don't sack the relationship. Don't offer suggestions, S-A-C. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. Again, you want to ask questions like we, the tip number three. You want to ask questions because you can't give anyone an aha. You cannot. I know. I've tried. Trust me. Uh, You can't. So they have to come to their own good solution, and their thinking isn't getting them there. So that's what you're doing when you're asking questions. It's like brainstorming. You're helping them brainstorm. You're helping them break out of the, the question rut that they're in with themselves or the tape that they're playing. That's how you can be the most help. You can and you can have that loving intention, and you can ask questions so that they can come to their own good solutions. And don't, again, but don't try to control or fix them. Okay, that is today's broadcast. It was a lot. I always give you a lot. I know sometimes maybe too much, but hopefully not. (laughs) Um, I love spending time with you. Thank you for hanging out with me. And we'll get together next week. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.